Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's The Rundown with your boy Reed. And I'm your host, your boy Reed, coming back at you on uh, Tuesday, April 9th, 8.30, nice and rainy outside. Figured it'd be a great day to uh, get you guys out of podcast. Got a lot of stuff to talk about here on episode 17 uh, with the national championship going down last night in NCAA basketball between Texas Tech and Virginia. Uh, Georgia State announced, or Georgia State introduced their new basketball coach today in a press conference at the stadium at school, and then uh, it's Masters Week, everybody. So uh, I actually was lucky enough to go to the practice round yesterday, so I got some uh, got some stories from that too. So without further ado, here's episode 17. Appreciate y'all rocking and rolling with me. Super happy to be back with you. Uh, yeah, let's get right into these games, though. Holy cow. So I know we had talked last, uh, right before the Final Four started, I kind of gave my predictions and what I thought was going to happen. Auburn kind of being the team of destiny. I know I had told you guys that I picked Texas Tech to go to the Final Four, but first game was Auburn-Virginia, and uh, yeah, it came down to the end. It was uh, it was tough. It was a tough game. That I'm talking about the first of the f- round of the Final Four uh, leading up to the championship game, Auburn-Virginia. Um, came down to the end of the game. Uh, just like any other game that I've seen, it seems like in this tournament, it was a tough call on a, on a missed double dribble, and it led to Virginia getting a three-point opportunity from Kyle Guy. Um, he was fouled, in my opinion. He went straight up, and the, the defender got him with some body contact, so it was a foul, in my opinion. Uh, Kyle Guy ended up hitting all three free throws, and uh, and it killed Auburn's comeback. Auburn was down like 10 points, at least 10 points, I want to say 10-9, with, with eight minutes left, and uh, and. And they they were able to close the gap and and get it get it within they they took the lead and and Virginia was able to uh, to muscle out the victory being a number one seed I mean Virginia having all the experience that they do uh, that definitely that definitely showed Kyle Guy was definitely the, a key contributor for them in that Final Four game against Auburn um, but it is tough it's tough because. It was a blatant missed call on the double dribble, and I know in real time it's real tough to tell, but if you have instant replay, I don't know if that's something that can be reviewed or not, but you're going to hear in a second about something that happened in the national championship game that was reviewed that changed the course of the game. So here's something that happened that changed the course of the game, and instant replay was not used, it was not instituted, so... Uh, definitely, definitely, kind of disheartening for definitely disheartening for Auburn fans. I knew, I know that I saw, I know that I saw that students were storming Toomer's corner before the game was actually technically over. I know I was in, I was, I, I was flipping, I flipped the channel and I flipped back and 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 Kyle, I was shooting free throws. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Saw the replay shortly after. It was definitely a foul, like I said. Um, body contact was made. I know some people were complaining, saying that it wasn't a foul, a little ticky-tacky. But it was a 150% missed double dribble call before that. That, that, that definitely uh, definitely hurt, hurt Auburn in the long run. But I uh, can't, can't let the, the game fall in the hands of the officials. Like I've said in past podcasts, I know Dan Quinn's famous for talking about a fighter um, who, who lost, and he left it in the, in the hands of the judges, and he lost by decision. And, and Dan Quinn always says you can't leave it in the hands of the officials or the judges in, the, in, in that case. And, and, uh, and the refs ended up hurting Auburn in this case. But Bruce Pearl actually ver- handled it with grace. He handled the loss with grace. When he was interviewed, he said, you know, regardless of what happened with Auburn uh, community, Auburn fans, Auburn faithful, we're going to take this loss with class. 
class. And so that's that's awesome. See, I'm not really the, the biggest Bruce Pearl Bruce Pearl fan myself, but uh, I know I know being someone who supports an SEC school in Georgia is great. Seeing someone like Auburn show some class like that, and uh, hopefully they'll show some class like that this fall when Georgia beats them in football. But like I said, you can't leave the games in the hands of the officials. Auburn ended up losing by one point, sixty-three to sixty-two, because they were up two and fouled the guy when he was shooting a three-pointer. But uh, the Atlanta boys, Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, like we talked about in the last podcast, from their perspective, from their respective colleges. I mean, excuse me, high schools in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta area. They both uh, finished with double-digit scoring, twelve and eleven. Uh, Kyle Guy for Virginia had fifteen. De- DeAndre Hunter had fourteen, and Ty Jerome had twenty-one. Ty Jerome is actually for my own a prep shout out to him uh the pride of new rochelle new york short uh, right down the street from where my uncle eric lives pretty cool to see that i actually have some my own prep t-shirts and gear that my uncle has sent me throughout the years because he likes to go to the high school stuff and check out the sporting events and if they're producing guys like ty jerome i i can see why he wants to go there or why he does go to so many high school events like he does but uh nevertheless second game in the final four so virginia obviously advanced to the to the championship game that was last night and then the second game was between michigan state and texas tech the story of this game and it for sure without a doubt was Matt Mooney, uh, the, 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 he was in the zone. The point guard slash two guard for, for Texas Tech, he had 22 points. And it's funny because Matt Mooney, after doing a little bit of research, I actually and, and they talked about it during the national championship game, but I had already figured it out. He, he was, started at Air Force. And ended up going to South Dakota, and 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 he ended up graduating in four years from South Dakota, and over in South Dakota, and and chose to transfer to Texas Tech for a chance to play for a national championship, and and that's something that, that that's great to see, and 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 it shows because even this year in in college football, you saw so many guys, whether it was LSU quarterback, Washington State quarterback, list can go on. I know we talked about other other players that are transferring this upcoming year, but. Matt Mooney, talk about a guy who started at Air Force, ended up at a one double A school, and 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 then transferred and got to play in the Final Four as a fifth year senior, and he stepped up to the moment there. I mean, he had twenty two points, and 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 definitely stole the show and and helped Texas Tech get past Michigan State. Jared Culver had a slow game; he only had about ten points. I know we've talked about him in the past being a possible pick for the Hawks. Uh, kind of a disappointing Final Four for him. And then uh, and, and then a couple other things. You know, Tariq Owens, the, the center for Texas Tech. Big, long, lengthy guy, shot blocker, rim protector, uh, pulls your board, slams it down. Great, great overall number five. And he rolled his ankle really, really bad, uh, partially into the second half. And that's when Michigan State ended up going on their run and and getting the game, getting right back in the game. And and sure enough, I'm saying I'm saying to everyone I'm texting and talking to about the game, I'm like, why isn't this guy just going to the locker room? Get a cortisone shot and get back out there, man. It's the final four. We got to get back out there and we got to play. And sure enough, he did come running back out and he had some high tops on. And uh, I really don't understand why basketball players don't wear high tops in the first place. Why would you wear low tops? And and I feel like low tops, you definitely have more of a risk of rolling your ankle, but I digress. Um, uh, Tyreek, Tariq Owens came back out. Texas Tech ended up sharing uh, sure up the win with that suffocating defense that they demonstrated throughout the whole tournament. Um, Cassius Winston for Michigan State had probably the biggest game for them, in my opinion. He uh, he dropped 16, but it wasn't enough for them. And Tom Izzo actually lost his uh, his his it was his eighth Final Four, and he lost his seventh his seventh game in the Final Four. So in eight Final Fours, he has only won one national championship, and that's with the Flintstones, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 boys from Flint that, that were over there when they won it last. And 
That's a question I want to ask you guys. If, if, if your team... Would you rather your team not even make it to the Final Four if they weren't going to make it, or if they weren't going to win the championship, or would you be happy with them just making the Final Four? I mean, is it cool to say that? I mean, obviously it is. It's interesting, but I don't know if it's a good thing. It's like we've been to eight. Tom Izzo's been to eight Final Fours. Well, how many national championships does he have? One. So he's one for eight. I mean, the percentages don't really don't really scream at you, but I mean, they also do have a championship. So can't really knock him for that. Tom Izzo, a, a, a good coach. But it seems like he struggles to get over that last last hump to win the national championship. But <clears throat> let's let's just talk about this championship game. I mean, it was everything. It was it was hyped up to be Texas Tech, Virginia, Virginia being the only number one seed that was left. A lot of questions going into the game. Tariq Owen. I mean, his his ankle. I mean, this guy came down on his ankle. And if you know, if you roll your ankle, like we talked about with Kyle Guy in the Elite Eight in the Sweet Sixteen, you can kind of go off adrenaline for the rest of the game. But after that, it, it has to tighten. I mean, I know it tightens up. I've rolled the heck out of my. I broke my left ankle in half. So I know. I when it comes to messing up your ankles, is no fun. And. And he was fine. Like I said earlier, he came out in his Steph Curry high tops, and he had to have had some help from some modern medicine. But, hey, whatever it takes to play in the Final Four, shoot me up with whatever you need to. If I, if I can't feel my foot, as long as I can pull boards and, and get a double-double uh, and I can help my team win, that's what I'm going to do. And he really was not able to do that. He was, It was very, very much less effective than he was in the final four game as than he was in the championship championship uh owens definitely showed some signs of that ankle bothering him but i gotta commend the guy for going out there and giving his all for his team him him, he was also a senior so that was that was his last game it was like are you just gonna go out like a chump are you gonna go out giving you guys next to you everything you have and everything you can give them because there is no tomorrow i mean this i mean this guy might go play overseas he might go play in the nba but you never know and uh that's that's awesome to see. He, he fouled out. He only had three points and five rebounds. But definitely, I'm sure it was an emotional boost to his teammates seeing him out there. I know if I see one of my fellow teammates back in the day when I was playing out there playing injured, I wanted to give everything for for the team if they were doing that. And and, and my boy Jared Culver, I mean, he was kind of invisible too. You know, I, I actually texted producer Nate when there was right around seven eight minutes left in the game, and I'm like, man. Is Culver going to show up? Like, what's the deal? He's got nothing going on. And then all of a sudden, it was like he saw my he saw my text, and he, he started going off. He had about he, he had fifty. He finished with fifteen points total. Thirteen points in in, in that. It seems like that that eight minute span that that I talked about uh, just then. And and without the bench help, I'll, I'll tell you what Texas Tech would have been in a lot a lot of trouble. Uh, they would have been dead in the water. But you know Brandon Francis and and Kyle Edwards, two guys that came off the bench for them. Uh, Francis having seventeen points and Edwards having twelve points. They were the spark plugs that Texas Tech needed. And and it gave them a shot in the arm and gave them a chance. You know at this point it's like everyone's tired, everyone's everyone's hurt, everyone's hurting. And and whoever wants it more, you know, we talked about Kyle Guy hurt his ankle last 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 uh, round, and 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 the injuries and and things that have been bugging each team. It's like who's gonna who's gonna be the tougher team? And it came right down to the wire. Texas Tech was up three with less than a minute left. I'm thinking, and and I'm thinking they're just gonna, I'm thinking they're just gonna play the foul game, and Texas Tech's gonna win this game. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. And 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 sure enough. Uh, sure enough, uh, Virginia comes back. They 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 force it to overtime, and 
And at that point, I'm like, man, this is this is rough. And the way that they sent it to overtime was even rougher because Texas Tech gave up the drive, and it was like, let them have the two-pointer. They were up three points. Let them have the two-pointer. Continue playing the foul game and make your free throws. And I believe it was DeAndre Hunter. He, he, he drove in. And it was like at the last second, everyone convened in, and and Kyle got they left Kyle guy wide open in that right corner for a three, and you can't leave a first team all a first team all ACC player like him open, especially in the national championship game with the game on the line. Are you kidding me? He's the one guy I feel like that I want to guard outside of DeAndre Hunter. And sure enough, uh, guy banged home the three, sent it to overtime. At that point, I'm deflated as hell. It's it was 11:30 at night. I'm getting tired. I'm I'm getting upset. I'm like, man, I thought I thought Texas Tech had that in the bag. Uh, but DeAndre Hunter, I mean, he definitely balled out for Virginia. That's my player of the game, the Final Four guy. That would be my Final Four MVP. Uh, personally, I think Kyle Guy actually won. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but the, 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 the scouts that were in the building, I mean, they had to take notice of him and, and take notice of how kind of Jared Culliver kind of – I'm not going to say he choked in the moment because that's that's pretty harsh, but – in the two Final Four games, I mean, he, t- DeAndre Hunter finished with 27 points, and and uh, Culver Culver had only only 15. So that that's that's a pretty di- big difference when you're talking about guys that could potentially be taken in the top 10 picks in the NBA draft. But sure enough, in overtime, just like in the Auburn in the Auburn Virginia game, another I, and I tweeted it out. If you check my Twitter feed. I tweeted it out right before a great game. I just don't want to see this come down to the. I don't let the officials affect the outcome of this game. And and a controversial call happens right after I tweet that out. Balls tipped out of bounds in overtime. Off uh, Texas a uh, Texas Tech the Texas Tech guy uh, excuse me goes went to get the uh, the board Morelli uh, my guy and and uh, Davide Morelli and he and he. Had it tipped out of his hand by DeAndre Hunter, there was no definitive angle that you could see underneath his hand. The ball could have maybe possibly hit Moretti's hand, but but from the angle that they showed, it's just like in football, in my opinion. You have to have definitive evidence to overturn a call. And I'm texting producer Nate, and I'm like, they're gonna give they're gonna give Virginia the ball. I'm telling you, bro, they're gonna give Virginia this ball. And not only that, when the ball was stripped out of Moretti's hands. He was fouled. Kyle Guy fouled him. If you go back and you watch the replay, if you think I'm just saying this crap, go back and watch the replay and then tweet at me and tell me that, that, that there was not a foul. The announcers were not talking about it at all. He goes to grab the ball after it slapped out of his hands, and Kyle Guy grabbed inadvertently, inadvertently, granted, he 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 got Moretti's arm. But you think the Auburn guy intentionally meant to foul Kyle Guy as he was taking a three in the final four? Hell no, man. It was it was it was unintentional. It was incidental, just the way Kyle Guy uh, hit Moretti's arm. But like I said about the Auburn Virginia game, you can't let the game end up in the officials' hands. And and this is the exact opposite of the Auburn Virginia game. It's like they didn't use instant replay, and it affected that game with the double dribble not being called. And then in the and then in the national championship game, I don't. It's they use instant replay in the last minute of overtime. They slow the game down. They take forever to make the call, and they they make a call. They reverse the call, which in my opinion was not it was not indisputable evidence. And Moretti was fouled, and Jim Nance and and Grant Hill and them 
that were announced and they didn't even make mention to it, which is hilarious to me. But I don't know. You guys go back and watch the clip. Tweet at me. Hit me up. Let me know if I'm crazy. Regardless, I think that was a terrible way to end the tournament. Congrats to Virginia, though. I mean, on winning it. They After losing last year to uh, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, being the first number one seed to lose to a 16, got to be rough. But for them to come back and, 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 and finish the grind and win the national championship, pretty cool. Congratulations to them, regardless of how they did it. Um, a funny side story I want to tell you guys real quick. Kyle Guy seems to be coming up a lot when we talk about Virginia. But some Virginia uh, fan or some website I read got a hold of Kyle Guy's wedding registry because he's about to get married in the next couple months. And they ended up posting it online. And Virginia fans obviously started buying up these gifts for him. And sure enough, the big bad wolf of the NCAA came swooping in. And all of a sudden, the article was taken down. And Kyle Guy took his wedding registry down for everybody. Because, God forbid, a billion-dollar corporation let a college kid get a little, get a couple extra wedding gifts from some loyal fans that won God knows how much money off this tournament. If you're a Virginia fan and you bet on them in this tournament or you bet on them in every game they had, the least you can do is buy Kyle Guy a freaking blender. But the NCAA comes in and they tell him, take it down. Pretty funny. <coughs> let me know what you guys think about that. <clears throat> Was the NCAA in the right? I mean, are we pretty much in agreement as a show that they, they should figure out a way to start giving these guys a little bit of more leeway? I'm not saying give them a ton of money, give them a ton of stuff, but, I mean, it's like, come on, we got to do something for these guys. But let me know what you think. Uh, interesting fi- final game. Love the Final Four. Tournament as a whole was good. Officiating was bad. Worst officiating at any level Professional, college, any sport, college basketball, worst officiating. Hands down. I might have to do a Twitter. I might have to do a Twitter poll or something. You guys got to let me know. If you disagree, got to let me know. Who you think? Are umpires worse? Are, are, are NFL referees worse? Are college officials uh, in football worse? I think that college basketball takes it by a landslide. And this tournament does nothing but confirm that for me. But moving forward, talk a little bit about about, about my yeah, about my Georgia State Panthers. We talked in the past about uh, in the past episode how Coach Ron Hunter moved on to Tulane. So the question was, who was Georgia State going to hire? And uh, last Friday, I got an alert on my phone that uh, the Rob Lanier was going to be hired as the Georgia State new head basketball coach. And it's really funny because the last name Lanier really rings a bell with me and with my family. And and uh, and I know that I, I talked about this on Twitter, and I don't know about if I I can't remember if I talked about this on the show or not but Bob Ryan the 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 famous Boston Globe reporter he seems like he's been around forever uh tweeted infamously about the uh Chuma Okiki injury the Westlake the guy who went to Westlake and ended up at Auburn he tore his ACL against UNC we talked about in the, the past podcast he tweeted that this was the most devastating injury since Bob Lanier Rob's cousin uh, hurt his knee when he played for St. Bonaventure and, and when he played for St. Bonaventure against Villanova in the Elite Eight and he could not play in the Final Four and uh, subsequently Bonaventure lost their next game and did not make the national championship run that they were hoping to make and it's really funny Bob Lanier ended up playing for the Detroit Pistons and becoming a Hall of Famer in the NBA and uh, little do uh, maybe you guys might not know this some of you do but my grandfather the legend Fred Handler himself actually was a coach at St. Bonaventure uh, an assistant on the Final Four team, coached baseball and basketball at the university. So it was awesome to see that the, the, the Bob's cousin Rob 
was going to be the next coach at Georgia State. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? And and, and it was funny, and I, and I tweeted it out. I, I talked to a bunch of people about it. I was all excited, and it seems like like it's almost like my family's emerging, you know? St. Bonaventure being the, the small A-10 school, Atlantic 10 school, up in uh, upstate New York, right outside Buffalo, and then and then... It's like, how, what are the odds that this guy gets hired at Georgia State? And and I love it. I love it. I love the hire. Uh, Coach Lanier, Coach Rob Lanier played at St. Bonaventure, which is awesome. And he ended up, uh, started coaching there. Coached at Rutgers, Texas, had the head job at Siena, uh, which is a school up there in New York. And they ended up winning, they, they made it to, they made one tournament appearance before he was fired there as the head coach. Uh, went back to being assistant at Virginia, Florida, Texas, and then his last stop at Tennessee as the associate head coach. So this guy definitely knows his way around the map and knows his way around a recruiting map, in my opinion. He knows where some of those maybe hidden gems of recruits are, and and hopefully he'll be able to get those guys to Atlanta, get them in a Panther uniform, and get them playing for Georgia State. And uh, being the associate head coach at Tennessee, being a great team that they were this year with with Rick Barnes as their coach, and he was also with Rick Barnes at Texas, uh, that's a coach that I definitely respect and somebody who's definitely been on the upwards trend since he's been at Tennessee. So um, awesome to see that the, the Georgia State, I believe in my opinion, got this hire right, man. I really, I really like this hire. And, and best of luck to Coach Lanier. I know I saw I saw a player today on campus today talk to him about it, and uh, he was happy about the coach and and. Uh, and the higher so little inside perspective there from from me uh, being a Georgia State guy but Tennessee could be out of luck because they lost they lost coach Rob Lanier and now UCLA wants Rick Barnes they want Rick Barnes Bad. I mean, UCLA being the team they that they are, and actually UCLA was the team that actually I believe won the national championship the year that Bob Lin, Bob Lanier t- uh, hurt tore his knee up and, and and couldn't play in the Final Four, and and it's funny because UCLA is dying to get back to those John Wooden like days, those days where they're making the tournament every year, those days where they're making the Sweet Sixteen, those years where they're making the Sweet Sixteen every year, and that's something that has definitely come. Uh, definitely not happening anymore for UCLA. And they want Rick Barnes, the coach at Tennessee, bad to the tune of $5 million a year. And uh, that's on top of paying his buyout at Tennessee. But uh, Philip Fulmer, who's actually the athletic director at Tennessee now, I know most of you know him as the the football coach that was there when Peyton Manning and when Tennessee was last relevant in football. He's now actually the AD. He came out with a statement saying that, uh, I quote, the university leadership stepped up and showed how valued and appreciated Coach Barnes is. So he had to have gotten a pay bump, in my opinion. I mean, how could he not have? I mean, you got to show the guy some love. And if they said stepped up and showed Val- how valued and appreciated he is. I mean, you throw a monetary value on there for sure. But that's something that I think the Georgia State really failed to do when it came to Ron Hunter, and, and that's why he hightailed it out of town. I mean, Coach Hunter was so ready to get out of Atlanta and get to get from Georgia State. I, I, it must have been some bad blood because he jumped the gun. He went to Tulane real quick. And, and some jobs since then, like we talked about, have opened up. Uh, Avery Johnson was bought out at Alabama. Alabama would have been a great job. Uh, Virginia Tech, because Buzz Williams is leaving to go coach at uh, Texas A&M. Uh, St. John still is looking for a coach. And then Cal was looking for a coach. I know we talked about Jason Kidd was a possible candidate there. And then Cal actually ended up hiring Mark Fox, who failed at UGA. So you're telling me Coach Hunter didn't have a chance to get the Cal job? You're crazy. Um, but 
regardless, best of luck to Coach Hunter. I actually did some more research, and I was thinking, you know, obviously playing in the American Conference, he'll have more of an opportunity to make the tournament every year. But with all with all due respect, I mean, what's the difference between Georgia State's gym and Tulane's gym? I mean, I looked it up. Georgia State's gym was built in 1972. It hosts 3,800 people, and the last renovation was in 2013. Tulane's gym was renovated in 2012, and it seats 4,100 people. All right, so it seats 300 more people, and it was built in 1933. So two old-ass gyms that have been renovated somewhat recently. But it's like, how can you recruit? I always come back to recruiting. You gotta have the gym. You gotta have the facilities to get the guys in there, and 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 hopefully Coach Hunter will be able to do that at Tulane. I'm 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 a little bitter that he's gone, and uh, I wish he would have stayed. But it is what it is, and uh, we're gonna move on with Coach Lanier at the helm. So best of luck to him. Best of luck to the Panthers. We're definitely gonna keep uh, keep you guys in the loop when it comes to that and uh, and the team moving forward. But without that, uh, with moving forward, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Tradition unlike any other. Augusta National. The Masters. <laughs> Had to give you guys that. Oh my gosh. I was able to go to Augusta National yesterday on Monday for the practice round. And I was super excited. David Paulson, my, my buddy, invited me. I was super, super appreciative. Shout out to him. I mean, if this is this has to be on everybody's bucket list to go to Augusta National. I mean, I I just picked up golf myself uh, about two and a half years ago. I actually really like it, and being that I d- can't play any real sports anymore, like basketball, baseball, or football, because I'll get hurt and I don't have insurance. But uh, so hey, I'll start playing a little golf, and and I've really come to like the game, and um, got to go to the mecca of golf yesterday, being Augusta National, and. It was everything that, that it was cracked up to be. Everything that people had talked about. I know I've had friends that went last year on Sunday. I've had people that telling me throughout the years that they've gone. I really didn't understand what it was, what, what the mystique was. And it, it really is one of those things like you have to go there. to, to it's, like, it's, it's, it's like you're at a loss for words. It, it really is, is insane. It's like, the, it's like an adult equivalent of Disney World. And I, I, that's the only way that I can describe it. Um, logistically, it was run amazing. I mean, there was no real lines for anything. Uh, even the line at, at the pro shop, it was like the line at the pro shop could have easily taken an hour. And it took 10 minutes. Because everything was run so efficiently, the, the logistics of, of the place were just out of control. I uh, had some pimento cheese sandwiches, $1.50. Beers were $4. I had some ice cold lemonade, it was $1.50. Chicken biscuit, $1.50. I mean, these were like, these were Mercedes Benz prices. I mean, you don't see stuff like, I think I spent 20 bucks all day on food and, and drinks. I didn't drink any alcohol. I had some lemonade and water, but still, it was great. And, and the pro shop, I mean, the shirts were reasonably priced. They were a little more expensive than, than normal polos, but what do you expect? I mean, you're at the Masters, and you can only get that stuff there. So, really cool. I felt like I kind of like joined the club. You know, going, going, and 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 experiencing that because I've heard stories from people that have gone, and, and you gotta go, and that's something you know they they have a raffle every year 
And, and and if you're chosen in the raffle, then you get the choice to get tickets, and they, they just bill your credit card that you put down in the raffle. I definitely definitely recommend to anybody listening that you that you enter this raffle because it is a once in a lifetime experience. We got in the gates at about seven thirty in the morning. I could barely sleep the night before. I was like a kid on Christmas, and we were there. Weather was supposed to rain at about weather. Weather was bad. It was supposed to rain about eleven, twelve o'clock. It ended up holding out, and and we we were ended up, we we were able we were able to stay out there till about three o'clock. So seven thirty to three, and then they suspended play. It was it was it was it was definitely a full enough day for me. I definitely got my my fill of Augusta National. We got to walk around the whole course. I mean, shoot, right when we walked up, Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy are teeing off on the first tee for their practice round, and uh, me and my buddy David are standing there and he's taking a couple pictures because you could bring cameras in for the practice rounds, which was cool because you can't do that during the regular rounds. So we did, we did, we were able to get some pictures and some proof that I was there. I'm trying to get him to send me the pictures. I will uh, throw those up on, on my social media. I probably won't get them on the story on Peach State College Sports because I want to get that out tonight. But it's like we, we're watching them tee off and then we turn and Dave Dave's like, what's up, buddy, to the guy next to me. I really like your show, and I'm like, okay, I'm thinking in my head, who the heck is this guy? But I'm not gonna like say that out loud because I want to be cool. And so like we walk away, I'm like, Dave, who was that? And he's like, oh, uh, it's David Chang. He he does Ugly Delicious on Netflix. I'm like, so I, we just walked up to Augusta National. I watched I watched Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson tee off with someone that's a Netflix chef. Like, oh my gosh. We saw all the boys. We saw we saw Tiger Woods. We watched him putt. We watched him hit a couple on the on the practice range. I think he knew that it was going to be pretty crazy. And Ty, I mean, Tiger knows he's going to get followed anywhere he goes. So he actually he got down there last Wednesday and played a practice round. And then he actually played a practice. He played the front nine on Sunday, and then on Monday he went out like seven a.m. and played the back nine. So. Uh, we weren't able to follow him, which is fine. I'm not trying to run around following anybody really anyways at this point. Uh, saw Molinari, uh, Francesco Molinari, saw Ricky Fowler, saw saw basically everybody. I, we didn't see Brooks Kepka being uh, being one of my guys, Brooksy. But um, besides that, we really saw everybody. It was awesome. Concessions were cheap and fast like I talked about. Got some got some great merchandise from the pro shop. Got me a master's hat. Got me a shirt. Got my dad a shirt. So that was awesome. And then... Um, and then we got to trek and walked around the course. It, it, it was really, really fun. And, and, and just looking at the landscape, it was like you're you're like in a vacuum. And I've heard it described like that before. But you, you turn on on onto Washington Washington Road, I think was the road, and and then you turn into Augusta National, and you're like, what, what, what? And then you pull in, and you're like, oh, never mind. And like I said, it definitely definitely met my expectations. Super hilly course. Got got a, almost ten miles of walking in yesterday, and my feet are a little sore today. But but it was definitely worth it. And uh, I can I can definitely believe the hype is definitely real. I mean, holy cow! But uh, I know this isn't. I really haven't talked about much uh, much golf. On this show, I'm going to talk to you guys a little more about the Masters probably on my next show, uh, whether I do it after the after the event or uh, or before the weekend rounds start. I might try and get an episode out to you guys on Friday, but um, my picks would be uh, Brooks Kepka always because that's my boy, bombs the ball out there, Tiger Woods because he can't go against the greatest of all time, and then uh, like I talked about, someone I saw yesterday playing Francesco Molinari in his practice round, someone that dominated the uh, the Ryder Cup and in a course that's 
kind of somewhat similar to Augusta in like you want to hit the right shots in the right spot, and if you don't, you're really screwed. So he's he's got the ability to keep it straight, go left to right, right to left, and put the ball where he wants to. Not that anyone else doesn't, but yeah, those are my guys. Uh, Molinari being kind of my dark horse, Tiger and Brooks. Uh, I know Rory McIlroy, if he wins the Masters, he will complete the career Grand Slam, and that's pretty cool, but I'm not really much of a Rory guy, but best of luck to him. Uh, I know I talked a little bit more about golf than I wanted to, but I had to talk to you guys about Augusta National. Oh, my gosh. It was it was, it was was definitely something out of a movie. It was better than a movie, but uh, that's all we got for tonight. Appreciate y'all rocking and rolling with me. Episode 17, a lot of fun. Appreciate y'all uh, showing me some love, showing me some support. Like I said, hit that like button, hit that subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family. But without further ado, I'm your boy Reed, and I'm out. If you can't be safe, be careful. Peace!